You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad Rysmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Good afternoon. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and thanks for joining me for a special Memorial Day edition of Career Conversations. I'm extremely passionate about helping people thrive in their careers, and I'm really excited to provide tips and strategies to help you recover from a layoff, find your next opportunity, update your resume, prep for an interview, or transition to a new career. Each week, I speak with leading human resource and career development experts about the changing world of work, and we'll answer your questions to help you better navigate today's ever-evolving employment landscape. With more than 38 million people currently out of work as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, I'm sure many of you have either experienced a job loss or know someone who has. And even if you are still currently working, or now working from home probably, I'm sure everyone listening likely has some degree of uncertainty about what their professional future holds. And I hope we can provide some guidance to everyone to achieve success and growth in your careers. If you have a question you'd like me to answer today on air, send us an email at careerconvoswbox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswbox. Today, we honor our nation's veterans who represent the best of this country. Thank you for your service, sacrifice, and selflessness. Today's program is dedicated to you, and we'll be offering guidance to help you find your dream job and ease the transition from military service to a civilian career. I'm joined today by two incredible guests. Linda Lee is a military spouse, career coach, and certified professional resume writer with Ronstad Reisfart. She specializes in resume writing for military veterans looking to transition to new careers. I also have Daniel Hughes. He is a diversity and veteran strategist at Ronstad and also a U.S. Army combat veteran and certified diversity professional who has an extensive background in veteran programs, recruitment, and career advising. I'm so excited for them both to join us. Um, welcome, and let's jump right in. So hi. I want to start off with segment one. <laughs> I was going to say, welcome, guys. You can say hi. Um, so I want to start off with our first segment. Um, given that this pandemic has just kind of taken over everything, I'd love to hear kind of your recommendations for veterans. So let's start off with you, Linda. Um, what do you think would be good advice um, for anybody, you know, in terms of their resume or anything else as they're getting started? Hi everyone, I'm Linda and I'm really excited and really looking forward to being part of this conversation. You know, when it comes to resume development for our veterans and even our transitioning service members, the number one thing that I recommend is to start now. So whether you're transitioning out of military service with next year or the year after, or you've been out for five, 10 years, start building that resume now. You can start by building a master resume. That's basically a collection of your experience. We want to build that by timeline, by title, and also by organization. You can start by going through your records and evaluations. We want to look for your certifications and your training. Compile all that information so that we have a resource to refer back to. From there, I also recommend reaching out and connecting with a mentor. So whether that is somebody who is within the industry that you're applying or looking to target or focus within, or it's just a civilian, someone outside of the military bubble who can look at your resume and who can have an honest conversation with you about what your resume needs to look like when you're going to be competing against civilian counterparts. 
I love that. That's so useful and so timely. And while I feel like the idea of master resume scares me to put down every single thing, it makes so much sense, you know, when you start to go through those records. So now, Daniel, I want to hear about the other side. I know that you work with companies and you help them with their veteran recruiting. So I was wondering if maybe you could kind of speak a little bit to the other side, to those business owners, those talent leaders on um, what they could do to be improving their veteran outreach. I think it might be useful to hear both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Daniel Hughes. I'm happy to be here today. Thank you so very much for inviting me. Appreciate it. You know, during this time, what companies can be doing is they can be looking to socialize their jobs in, in unique places or, or places that they haven't maybe thought of before. Uh, you can you can do it on LinkedIn, of course, uh, but you can also do it at installations or you can do it uh, through nonprofits in your area. And they do have their ear to the ground and as a part of that network to veterans who may not have a LinkedIn account or be on social media or in those in those those areas that we would consider normal areas of recruitment, uh, I think at the levels that, that we operate in or in the circles that we operate in. So uh, for companies to do that and to then to participate, I think in those virtual career fairs that are that are happening across the country right now, you're gonna be able to find some really good talent. You're gonna be able to find talent that you wouldn't normally find at a traditional career fair, right? Because they're online. So that, that tells you a little about their skill set and what they're capable of doing and, uh, and capable of doing in a time of need like this. So that's for, those are a couple of things for a company, right? To participate in those virtual job fairs, socialize those job postings in areas that they wouldn't normally think that or think of because uh, you know, they, they have those jobs scrape into certain systems um, when they post them. Um, and really start thinking about where you're actually socializing your jobs, you know? Um, so it's about where you're social, so as a company, it's about where you're socializing your positions and it's about where are you going, where's the trough that you're going to? And a lot of times that comes from the network of transitioning service members. Uh, so socializing those jobs at military installations is something that a lot of companies don't do out there. And it's a, they, they have a closed circuit no, uh, television network system there. Uh, and a lot of these installations and a lot of them, they have these the binders that go right there at the transition assistance service office that, that uh, these service members are utilizing to create resumes for when they get out of the military. Um, so there, there are a few different things that, that I like companies to do. I like them to utilize their uh, local nonprofit groups. I like them to also utilize their transition assistance office at, at the closest military installation to them or a big one. And then I, I also like them to look at their local workforce affiliates because most of the time states have these um, these veteran programs that give priority status to veterans who are applying for, for jobs. And so there are a number of resources out there for them to use. They can go to WIOA uh, workshops or Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act workshops at their, uh, at, you know, American Job Centers or um, WorkSource. You know, they can go there. And they can find veterans because they're one of the they're one of the individuals. That they're one of those special population groups that that money is set aside to help. So I, I think there are very there are key things that you should be looking for as a company. And most of them relate back to how you're socializing your job, where you're socializing your jobs, uh, the local workforce affiliates, nonprofits, and uh, transition assistance offices that are closest to you. There are a lot of employers that are really taking a look at that veteran candidate pool and initiating those internal programs to create veteran-friendly environments, too. We have veteran employment coordinators now in organizations. We have peer-to-peer -peer mentors. We have all types of 
programs, initiatives, interesting, creative ways that employers are attracting these candidates, whether it's LinkedIn or locally. I mean, even, even employees within organizations who are volunteering to be mentors with different organizations to reach out and not only, not only source candidates for the organization, but really make an impact when it comes to veteran hiring. And also, when it comes to BRGs or business resource groups or employee resource groups at the companies, now is a perfect time if you're a company to build that out, to make sure that that structure is solid, to make sure that there's a foundation there. And what does it also help with? Retention. I usually, I used to say this, I said, if you want to find a veteran, most of the time what you should do is send other veterans out to find them because they know where, they know where to find them. They know what they're looking for. They know what they're doing. Um, they know what they're thinking as they're transitioning or they know what they're thinking after, after, after having been out of the military for five or 10 years and having to transition to a new, to a new industry. So yeah, absolutely. Look internally, look at those programs, look at those mentorship programs that are in business resource groups. Fantastic suggestion, Linda. Organizations that are bringing on veterans to become recruiters are really setting the pace when it comes to veteran hiring. Who better to hire a veteran than someone who speaks their language? That's one of the largest challenges facing our veterans when they get, when it comes down to writing the resume, when it comes to that skills translation, when it comes to the interview, how do I represent myself? You know, a lot of employers will talk about that, that rigid posture in interview, but a veteran <laughs> can understand that. That's such a perfect thing because in our next segment, right after this next quick break, we are going to be talking about messaging and things that might be unexpected that you wouldn't necessarily experience unless you go through that transition. So listeners will be back in one quick minute uh, to talk more. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt RiseSmart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt RiseSmart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations. I'm so excited for this next segment because I feel like a lot of people forget that at the end of the day, part of job searching is about messaging. It's about giving a voice to your story. And for a lot of our veterans, it feels like sometimes, well, I have all this great experience, but it doesn't necessarily translate to this job script that I've got here or this whole process of job searching. And uh, a lot of veterans are always saying that these unexpected things come up around messaging. And so I want to turn it over to my great panel of experts to kind of talk about unexpected things that veterans might focus on or bring up in a job search or different things in terms of their messaging. So Linda, I know you've already kind of drilled down into resume specific things, but I'd love to hear about any kind of unexpected things that you think uh, they should be prepared for or things that might come up. One of the largest challenges for our service members when they are interviewing against a civilian candidate is probably the one thing that the civilian candidates really have over our veteran candidates, and that's practice. Civilians just have more practice. They've written more resumes. They've interviewed more with civilian employers. And so our veterans need to 
need to tap their resiliency and they need to do the work do the research and that usually can be accomplished by searching either industry or jobs that you plan to target reading those job descriptions internalizing that language and then having conversations with civilian counterparts so whether that's a potential colleague whether that's an industry colleague whether it's just a mentor i mean even if someone who's not connected to your target industry at all, it's still practice. So every and any opportunity to speak about your experience in utilizing civilian terms, that's really the place to start. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. You know, if you're a veteran and you're listening to this and most of the recorded things I'm on, I say this, get a LinkedIn account. Get a LinkedIn account. A lot of veterans, because you're not practiced, because there's really not much of a need for you to have a LinkedIn account or, or some kind of professional social networking page for yourself while you're in the military, you forget to have one um, or get one, you know, and exactly what you said, Linda. I love how you said that, you know, but network network call call your old friends, call your old coworkers, you know, or message them. Allow yourself the opportunity for someone else to market your skills and abilities. There are companies out there with referral incentives, right, uh, for their employees. Mobilize that group of individuals to passively and directly, in some cases, lobby on your behalf. And it's mobilizing those individuals around you to passively and, and directly recruit, recruit for you. That's what they're doing, you know. Utilizing uh, the people who are to your left and your right, that's the first step. That's just the first step. Um, but making sure that the messaging is correct, the messaging that they're putting out there is correct for you, uh, is, is going to be another key to your success. When our service members are serving, they have, they have a network that supports them, whether they're helping, their network is helping them put together their promotion packets, having conversations with branch managers. They have a network. It's just, it's natural when you're moving through career progression within a singular organization, you're going to build that network. So the difference is now entering the civilian sector, we need to build that network as well. And that can come from anywhere. A lot of veterans say, I don't even know where to start. Where do I find a mentor? And what I say is, start with what you know or what you're comfortable with. So maybe that's even volunteering, maybe it's a professional association or an organization. It doesn't matter where you start with the networking, it's just important that you start. I have one question that I feel like is related to what you guys are talking about. Um, when service members, like if you were to go on LinkedIn, would they ever be open to other service members saying, hey, would you refer me to this company? Or is that something where it's not enough of a tangible connection if they haven't served together? I think so. Uh, I usually work with veterans who are transitioning out or, or veterans who just want to connect and, and network. If they're really in it to win it and they want to work with me, uh, I look for responsiveness because I'm a busy guy. I, you know, I do, I work strategies, you know, I work across different parts of our company and, and I work with veterans outside of my job, you know, at night on the weekends and that sort of thing. And if you're not responsive, I'm not going to be responsive because I just don't have the time. And so what I tell people often is, is yeah, sure. Reach out to me. There are a couple of things that we're going to talk about. First, we're going to talk about your resume and tailoring a resume to the job. We're also going to talk about a cover letter and does that actually support your resume? Can it in specific roles? Absolutely. Let's look at letters of recommendation that you can possibly obtain from 
co coworkers or people that you've worked with before or in your past service. And if you don't have one and you can't obtain one, work with me for a couple of months and stay active and stay positive. And I'll work, I'll do, I'll work a LinkedIn uh, recommendation out for you. Those are certain things that we'll work with. I think that if, to answer your question, if you can actually demonstrate that you're committed to finding a a job and 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 a livable wage career and and you know supporting your family and all that other thing if you can actually show that you're committed to doing that I'll commit I'll commit to you too and I think that most most all of the people that I work with and all of my colleagues out there across uh, this this whole or across the veteran space they'll do the same thing I would agree with that Daniel I think that most veterans would be more than happy to mentor or help out another veteran. But like you said, it comes down to whether or not you're willing to do the work. If you expect to connect with somebody, just similar to on the civilian side, if you expect to connect with somebody and automatically have an in at an organization, that's not going to work. It doesn't work out that way. But if you approach somebody on LinkedIn and say, you know, I've noticed that you've successfully transitioned from the military, you're within the industry that I would like to focus within, is there any opportunity Maybe I can send you my resume. If you could just give me a little bit of feedback or any guidance you could provide, I would really appreciate. And I would probably say almost any veteran would respond to that positively. Reach out and I'll reach back. The second that you set the ball down, we're, we're playing catch. All right. The second that you set the ball on the ground, I'm, I, I, I'm off to some other sport or I'm off to uh, some other baseball field. That's just how it is. And uh, people, you know, here's the deal. Linda, myself, all the people that work in this space, we've got the medicine. We'll put it on the spoon for you, but I'm not going to cock your head back and put it in your mouth. The thing is, is you've got to do the work to do that. And, and that may be direct for some people, but that's really what it's going to take. That's what, that's what, that's what companies are looking for as well, right? Like they're looking for somebody who, who's looking to learn. They're looking for people who can train. They're people looking for people who can be flexible and they're looking for people that have those soft skills. So uh, yeah, I think that's uh that's a, that's a great way to put it, Lena. Fantastic. Well, and that sets us up um, right after this next break. We actually have a timely question from one of our listeners that maybe could probably use some of that same advice. Um, so we're just going to take one quick minute and then we'll be right back after this. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad Rysmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner. Hi, I'm Erin Rovner, and welcome back to Career Conversations with Randstad Rysmart. Again, today I'm joined here by Linda Lee, a certified resume writer who specializes in resume writing for military veterans, and Daniel Hughes, who is a diversity and veteran strategist at Ronstadt. And we have had such a great discussion so far. We have a really great question from one of our listeners. It's Jimmy from Mount Vernon, and he writes that he just retired from the Army. He says, do I have to start working with a military or government contractor um, because they'll know how I work? Is it ever possible for someone like me to work for a company that has no ties to the military. So I thought, Linda, that I'd kick it off to you. 
When service members are getting ready to transition out of active duty service, a lot of their friends and other people who influence their decision making will tell them, go into federal service, go into federal contracting, because you'll be an attractive candidate. And that's, and that's true for a lot of reasons. Um, if you have an active clearance, a lot of federal contractors will seek you out a lot of times. And federal service, again, those are environments that are familiar. And so a lot of our service members do transition to those environments. But it's also important to understand what your personal and professional goals are. And sometimes civilian employment is really the way to go for you. Now, when it comes to resume development specifically, I like to remind everyone that our resumes should be as unique as the position that you're applying for. So when it comes to developing the resume, think about the employer, the industry, the sector that you're applying for. Federal employment will require a federal resume. Federal contracting is a little bit more forgiving when it comes to military skills translation and military terms. Civilian resumes are going to require more translation when it comes to the skills development. So those are things to keep in mind. No, you absolutely can and should explore all of the options outside of federal and federal contracting. But keep in mind that you will need a specific marketing tool for the specific industry that you're focusing on. So there's some great things I think you said there about transitioning service members. It usually starts as a transition as you're transitioning. So I think this is an answer both for 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 Jimmy and for for transitioning service members. You know, create a plan. We don't think about that too often until we're about to get out. But create a plan. You know, do your career housekeeping, if you will. Where are you going to land? For how long are you going to be there? Uh, are there bills you can pay off now? If you can, should you? You can run a lot of this by a mentor or a coach. These people are going to help you uh, see things from a different angle because they're not in it, you know, with you. The, the, the only fight, the only dog they have in the fight is, uh, is you getting gainful employment when you leave. You know, are you repositioning yourself for a new career? Um, if so, are there stackable credentials or certificates that you can get at a local community or technical college that'll help you get your foot in the door at uh, a very specific company, you know? Uh, can you participate in something like the Department of Defense SkillBridge uh, program, which is a six-month program that you can... Uh, utilize prior to exiting the military to obtain, you know, uh, industry specific skills, you know, that can lead to a job offer before your term of service ends. Utilize your network, utilize your installation transition assistance office, get a LinkedIn account, start networking. Be mindful of your branding. Your branding is you. It's what you're asking a company to align themselves with. And so be very careful with how you brand yourself. If you've got a picture of yourself on Facebook and it's the cover picture of you crushing a beer can in the back of a truck, get rid of that. That's a very, I'm not trying to be, I mean, it's funny, but I'm not really trying to be funny. I've seen that, you know, and I have to go and say, hey, listen, real quick, you're applying for a $150,000 a year job. You may want to get rid of that, that picture on Facebook, at least because that's how you're displayed. Um, so yes, start it now, but be mindful of how, how you're branded. Uh, and start because your connections um, are everything. It's kind of adjacent to Jimmy's question, but when it comes to resume development, one of the questions that we see a lot is how do we represent our deployment experience, right? Do we give it its own section? 
or how do we make it stand out? Do we try to hide it? How are employers going to interpret it? And so it's important to kind of take a step back and really think about what did you accomplish during your deployment? Was it in line with the experience that you would have when you're not deployed? What would be most attractive to an employer? Sometimes that means that it will have its own section on your resume. Sometimes it means that it's going to be a bullet under the position that you deployed under. So take those things into consideration too. A lot of times during deployment, you're in a position that you wouldn't normally have when you're not deployed. But take that time, take that opportunity to add or enhance your skill set for an employer to interpret. So a lot of times that will mean global experience. A lot of times that will mean larger organizational reach, things like that. Sometimes it's more, it's more responsibility than you would typically have. So highlight those types of experience, skills, proficiencies that employers will really be drawn to. We don't want to take away from the deployment. We just want to make sure that, that employers are understanding the value of that experience earned during the deployment. And another thing to add on to what Jimmy's question's about, about retiring, these companies are out there looking for you. you know, there are companies out there that are participating in uh, the DOD, Department of Defense SkillBridge program. There are companies that are participating in career skills programs, you know, which is a different, uh, which is something different, you know, to, to local inst installations. Now I say that because they're, those companies, when you go to apply for them, you know that they're gonna be more military friendly because they, they have active programs out there where they're seeking uh, transitioning service members and they're looking for those skills, those, those knowledge, skills and abilities that, that you hold so dear when you're in. Um, they find not only as a value right there on the shop floor, but they also, uh, it's a, it's a, there's a monetary value to that. That's what they, they pay to have, to have people train those skills up, to train up into those skills, into that skill set. Would you ever have any recommendations for someone who says, well, hey, maybe I'll take like a contract of six months or maybe I'll take a temporary role to try and transition in? Is that something that you might be an asset? When it comes to successful career transition out of the military, I always tell my, my clients and my candidates, look at where you are in your life. A lot of times when people transition, the first thing they do is they pack up all their things and they go home. And that's not necessarily the right decision for everybody. Sometimes it's packing up your household goods and just letting it sit until the dust settles and you figure out where your support system is going to be for the next stage of your career. Sometimes it's just kind of taking a step back and, and thinking about where is going to be the best investment of your time. Yeah. So now let's say that exactly what's your situation. So let's say you've exhausted unemployment or you've, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten through a temporary job. I think something that can set you back a little is that gap, is that employment gap on your resume, depending on what field of work you're in. You know, if you're in a um, highly skilled field in a, in a loose labor market, you know, having a job is, is, is a benefit to you and to your family, period. You can be picky, right, when uh, the, job, the job market's saturated, but when it's not, you, you may not want to be so picky. So I think it's all, it's all based off of your situation and where you find yourself and what the needs are. Uh, your immediate needs are. And so that's definitely a, a conversation to have, not just with your career coach, but with your mentor and your family. Daniel, that's a really good point. And I just want to piggyback off of that. Closing that gap in your resume, depending on what your situation is, how much terminal leave you have, things like that can impact how big of a gap you're going to have. 
So a lot of employers are starting internship programs for our military service members. A lot of the branches of the military, Soldier for Life, you know, they bring, they partner with employers who have these programs in place as a soft introduction for our veterans into their organizations and also into the civilian workforce. It gives them a chance to demonstrate their skill set in a very veteran-friendly environment. And some of those service members are brought on onto the team after the internship. But if anything, they have the skills and they have the civilian within us, they have the experience within a civilian employer organization to add to their resume. So if you don't have an internship, you know, terminal leave is ended, now we have a true gap, find ways to close that gap, whether that's volunteering, whether that's, I mean, I really like the idea of volunteering because it also gives you an opportunity to network and things like that. But, you know, I always recommend not volunteering for too long. We don't, we don't want to sit in a volunteer capacity for too long, right? We want to make sure that we're rejoining the workforce. I love that. Well, that is all the time we have this week on Career Conversations. If you do have a job search question that you'd like us to answer on air, please email us at careerconvoswvox at gmail.com or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswvox. Until then, I'm Erin Robner and I look forward to our next Career Conversation every Monday at 1230 right here on WVOX and online at wvox.com. Stay safe and see you next week.